Hello, you're very welcome to this podcast from the Walled City Music Festival. My name's Lorcan Doherty and today I'm speaking to someone who's been involved with the festival since day one. Frank Lyons, a composer and professor of music at Ulster University. Hello Frank, good to be chatting to you today. Hey Lorcan. Frank, why don't you start by telling us just a wee bit about those early days of the festival. I think it started back in 2009. Yeah, 2009. I was obviously steeped in the music department at McGee at Ulster University and Cahill Breslin and Sabrina Hu um, approached me about the idea of using some of the facilities that we had to stage like a chamber music festival. So, of course, it was something I was really keen to get involved in because of the potential benefits for students, whether they were performers or composers. And so we just started on a very small scale and obviously were able early on even to take advantage of the international connections that Cal and Sabrina had already made and that sort of pursuit of excellence, you know, that was right from day one. It was all about the excellence of the artists that we were able to bring to the festival. So, yeah, 2009, it just seems like yesterday. Other times we've spoken, Frank, you mentioned to me that one of the most exciting things about the festival for you and, and maybe some of your students too was the new music side of things, the the, the kind of things that it offered for composers and, and mm-hmm. performers of new music too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, be, being a composer myself, I'm obviously passionate about how we bring new music into the world and how we share new music. And it was something I'd always work with, with my students, you know, whether they were performers or composers or, or sometimes a combination of the two. So, you know, right from day one, there was always that, understanding almost kind of unspoken understanding that we would definitely feature new new music and right from day one again we were bringing artists of you know supreme international caliber like the Kronos Quartet and people like you know Jeff Ziegler after that who played with the Kronos Quartet so we've always featured new music we've always featured a composer in residence right from uh, day one as well and so students always had that opportunity to not just hear new music but to write new music that would be maybe workshopped by some of the visiting artists that we had and be mentored by some of of the world's greatest composers actually. Have you got any memories of particular performances that maybe made an impact? I think for me being able I mean I just from afar always just been such a fan of the Kronos Quartet and but they were always this you know this sort of big thing in, in, in the distance that you never thought you were actually going to see up close and I'd been really really aware and had studied a lot of the the performances and, and new works and compositions that they premiered around the world over many many years so actually to get to to work with them and to, you know interview them and to see them perform live and I know that came across you know, to to many students and just people who attended the performance uh, and and some of the workshops that they gave. And then spinning out of that, Jeff Ziegler then came back with his wife, Paula Pristini, uh, on a couple of occasions. And we started to get into, you know, some more adventurous programme, like, you know, music with video and, and music with live electronic processing and so on. So again, that was something that our students had been aware of but they actually see it uh, and to experience it up close with some of the world's greatest exponents of that kind of work you know I'm I know made a huge impact and influenced many of them composers like Christopher Norby who's 
a Derry native, studied with us. He's now in Arizona. He's He was back uh, last year or a couple of years ago with a brand new piece. And then he's back this year, you know, and is now working with, you know, acoustic instruments, digital instruments, video and so on. So you can see it starting to bleed through back into the festival from composers like Christopher. That's nice. You've got a kind of a feedback loop. Maybe uh, there'll be some young student who hears Chris Norby's composition this year and thinks, oh, I, I like the way he's done that, but maybe I'll do something different, you know, and, and, and it goes on. Yeah, that's how it works. Absolutely. Frank, a big part of your work and your, your musical life is inclusive creativity. Can you tell us a wee bit about what, what that means? Yeah, it's something I've been involved with for, for a long time. You know, even before I, w- I was in academia, I worked with the Drake Music Project in Northern Ireland. And essentially it was to use uh, new technologies to level the playing field for musicians with disabilities. So, you know, adapting and, and developing new musical instruments that would allow musicians with disabilities who had previously been marginalised, you know, simply because they couldn't access conventional uh, um, instruments. So obviously with developments in new technologies, that offered opportunities to start to, as I say, develop new instruments. So started working with that Drake Music, brought it into the university then and working with students, you know, discovered that students were not just passionate about the work, but also saw many, many career opportunities for when they graduated to get into this field. So it's about being creative, but in an inclusive way so that you know, those kind of traditional barriers are, are broken down. Yeah, because if we think of traditional musical instruments, a lot of them require so much dexterity to perform. You know, you think about the violin, the guitar, whatever instrument. But nowadays we have the tools at our disposal with technology that we can create sound that doesn't maybe require that physical dexterity. Yeah, and I think, you know, when, when I started in this work sort of back in the late 90s, the 1990s, you know, it was much more of a whoa thing, you know, because the technology was just developing. It was still very much the exception rather than the norm that musicians and artists with disabilities were really kind of working in the mainstream in particular. So now it's almost like we kind of take it for granted. There's so much of this kind of work going on. And, you know, I think if, if you think about just just how people's minds have been open to different sound worlds, even by electronic dance music and so on in the last sort of 10, 15 years. So everybody's just that bit more open to what it might sound like, what it might look like on stage. And I think that's been a a really great thing to the point, as I say, where it's a really fast growing, but kind of becoming mature as a field of investigation and of, of, of music making and creativity. Now, kind of within that umbrella of inclusive creativity, uh, one very important ensemble that you're involved with is Acoustronic, who have been involved uh, with Wall City Music Festival for a few years now. And we were kind of hoping that they would be involved this year too, but with the COVID restrictions in place, it just wasn't possible. So maybe at a later date, can you tell us a bit about um, Acoustronic? Yeah, sure. So it came about... I work with, a, I set up a group called the Wired Ensemble with the Drake Music Project, as I say, back in the early 2000s. 
And one member of that group, and this was this was a you know a Belfast based group, and then when I started to work in Derry, one member of that group is a Derry native, a a, a guy called Jay Hagen. And, you know, he said, look, I'm in Derry now. It'd be really, really great to, to get involved in some music making again. And the stars just align because, again, in a very enlightened way, Matthew Greenall, who's the executive director of, of Wall City Music, and Kathleen Sabrina and the people we had on board were very open to this idea of uh, an inclusive creativity strand as part of the festival and the wider activity. So we managed to secure some funding from Kaluskal Banking Foundation to run a project. So that... That included forming a new inclusive ensemble, which became Acoustronic, and you know involves many musicians from the Derry area, the wider Derry area, um, some of whom have disabilities, but also we were we managed to get students involved, students who would perform in the ensemble, students who would write new music for the ensemble, students who would develop new technologies to work with the ensemble. So it became this big sort of family, but. In actual fact, underpinning it all was this very hard-edged research strand to what we were doing. And so that's how Acoustronic came into being. And it was really, I think, a, a quite a visionary thing for the Wall City Music Festival to do. You know, that idea of a mainstream music festival embracing this kind of inclusive work was, was I think, a world first at the time and it has led to so many opportunities for the group and for all the musicians involved and for audiences to experience this new music. They had a very successful collaboration, uh, for example, with the Ben Eunice Quartet. Yeah, so again, we got a, a PRSF Beyond Borders Commission and we, we developed a new piece. So we brought two existing ensembles together to form a new ensemble, which we called the Non-Zero Sum Ensemble. Uh, that was the name of the piece as well. And you know, we, we, we performed a, a, a number of newly composed works in in Derry, in Dublin, in Lisbon, in London. So it was kind of like the band were on tour. It was just an incredible time. And obviously I think, you know, everybody's been touched by that again. The relationships formed in in that project that are, you know, still very important to the people involved today. So and yeah, and so we've carried that in, as you said, the idea this year was uh, for a new piece called Zoom Time, which reflects the experiences of musicians during the COVID pandemic. Uh, there was a commission from the Arts Council again uh, for a piece for the Acoustronic Ensemble and the Ulster Orchestra, which, as you say, for reasons to do with COVID and isolation and so on, we haven't managed to completely realise, but it's still very much a work in progress. Frank, you, you kind of wear a lot of different hats. Uh, one of those is, I should say, well, this is an audio podcast, but I can see uh, we're chatting here over Zoom video and I can see a lot of instruments there in the background, uh, a few guitars and things. Do you still get time to perform or even play a bit? Yeah, well, not not as much as, as I would like to, Lorcan. I mean, for me, as you could see all the guitars and you know a studio full of computers here, it's... Yeah, I you know I use them to a certain extent, but more in composition, and I do the odd little kind of informal gig with colleagues like Lindley Hamilton, for instance. You know, really good friends, but also 
very inspiring lecturers in the music department at, at Ulster University. So the guitars these days are much more for, for therapeutic reasons um, and to, you know, to develop the odd compositional idea. And OK, so speaking of composition, uh, tell us a little bit about your own work as a composer. As I say, that's been you know a passion of mine really for for many years. I kind of was a performer who gradually drifted into composition, then studied it. So, but I've been really busy in the last year or so. You know, over over the lockdown period, and also having the opportunity to write new music for the inclusive ensembles we've been working on. So you've already mentioned we've already spoken briefly about non zero sum, which is a fairly it was a substantial uh, composition which included all sorts of logistical um, issues and challenges because all of the work I do would involve acoustic instruments combined with digital instruments and electronic means of manipulating sound and so on. So again, that was a big piece. And just more recently, I've worked with some long-time collaborators like Dara Morgan. I've been writing music for Dara Morgan since, again, sort of the late 1990s. It's a bit scary to think. Um, so he, you know, we've we've collaborated on many pieces, and we worked on a an Arts Council Northern Ireland uh, commission project last year, which was a piece for solo violin but live electronic processing, which was a great idea when we conceived it. But then, when uh, COVID hit and lockdown hit, you know, we had to work out ways using this kind of you know uh, digital communications technologies to work out how he could be in London and I could be in Belfast and we could sort of play live and uh, process the sound live and so on. So we collaborated on a piece called Spin 2, which is up on YouTube for anybody who wants to look at it. Actually, we'll listen to a short excerpt here. That's Dara Morgan and Frank Lyons performing Spin 2, Frank's piece. Why Spin 2, Frank? Was there a Spin 1? There was a Spin um, and it was completely uh, solo acoustic violin. Um, Dara and I we were very big fans of composer Pierre Boulez and he'd written these two pieces. One was called En Thème for solo violin, one was called En Thème 2 for violin and live electronics. And, you know, these are acknowledged masterpieces. So we thought we'd take that idea of a piece for acoustic violin and then another piece based on it uh, for violin and live electronic processing. And spin, you, I, I use a lot of sort of what are called aleatoric approaches in my composition where chance procedures. So we use like this little spinning wheel app, for instance, to decide the order of the sections of the piece. And then there's lots of ideas, I suppose, almost stolen from previous works for for solo violin and I've kind of remixed them. So if you can think again of the DJ approach to remixing and spinning turntables and so on. So I think it has a, a bit of relevance to the title in that as well. But, you know, all, all great fun, as you can imagine. And that's not the only piece that you've composed recently. You also did a piece for bass clarinet and electronics. Yeah, working with... A uh, bass clarinetist originally from Canada, studying in Dublin, called Marcella Bartz. 
very inspiring. She uses this sensor system on her bass clarinet called Zaber. And, you know, gestures you, you make on the bass clarinet can then send information that can transform sound on the computer. So we wrote this piece called Hex 2. Again, it was a part of another series. We'll have a listen to that. This is Marcella Bartz performing Hex 2. <laughs> So Frank, between composing and your role as Professor of Music at Ulster University, you're a very busy man. Is there anything else you've been up to lately that you want to tell us about? Any exciting projects coming up? Well, um, there are many, many exciting projects. Is you know one that I'm really passionate about is, is as I say, this this new piece called Zoom Time, which the group have been working on, and you know we're going to pick up with the Ulster Orchestra when they're able to perform again. You know, which will hopefully be in a matter of weeks, and we're we're going to put together a performance of of that piece um, at some point in the next few months, hopefully. But as part of my job as well, you know, I work for the university, and we've been working on. A number of uh, city deal projects. I mean, there's a Belfast region city deal, and there's a um, Darien Straban Northwest city deal at the minute. So one project that I've been leading uh, for Ulster University is the Screen Media Innovation Lab, which is this huge sixty-five million pounds project, uh, which we're we've put together in in collaboration with partners like Belfast Harbour and. The BBC and some you know global names like Epic Games, for instance. So it's it's going to focus on this new concept, which is absolutely blazing through the screen industries at the minute, called virtual production, which kind of brings together your core strands of animation, games design, immersive tech, and then this sort of film and TV piece. So it's going to be this new global centre, which we hope will open in a year and a half, two years time down in the, the, the Harbour Studio complex. So it's taken up a, a lot of my time, but it's an incredibly exciting project that will absolutely transform the screen industries in the region and beyond. And it's great for musicians too. I mean, video games is such a huge industry and it's just getting bigger and bigger. And music is obviously a part of that. It might not be the first thing that people think but there's soundtracks and, and it's an area that's really growing, isn't it? Absolutely. 100% right there, Lorcan. And, you know, obviously still with our Ulster University music students uh, in mind, the opportunities for to become involved in that sort of uh, game audio. But there's not, not just the composition of music soundtracks, there's the whole sound design piece, which is absolutely key to, as we know, the, the film industries, but also game design, animation, and as I mentioned, this the sort of virtual reality and augmented reality piece. So many new opportunities for musicians and sound designers that I'm hoping uh, and I'm hopeful of the fact that many of our music graduates will be able to uh, take advantage of these opportunities. Well, it's very exciting times, but, you know, for new students, but also for your yourself, maybe at the at the other end of the, the seasoned professional, seasoned most definitely. Yes. 
Well, Frank, it's been uh, great to talk to you today. Thanks very much. Where can we find out the information about the Acoustronic project with the, with the Ulster Orchestra when it does come to fruition, do you think? Well, we've got an inclusivecreativity.com website. Um, now, it, it needs to be updated, and one of the first things we're going to do in terms of updates is an update on this Zoom time project. Um, so if you keep an eye on there, and obviously it's part of the the World City Music Stable of Activity. So if you keep an eye on the new World City Music website, which is just fantastic, you know, there'll be information going up about it there. We're just we're just playing it by year. Uh, we, we still have weekly rehearsals, uh, maybe sometimes by every two, you know, two rehearsals a week. So a lot of the, the emphasis on the soundtrack of Zoom time is is capturing the acoustronic musicians' voices and you know putting together essentially a soundscape of them verbalizing their experiences of, of COVID and lockdown. It's very, very powerful what's been put together so far. And then of course, you know, we're all working on the music as well, which will essentially all be notated so that when the orchestra, Ulster Orchestra are back in action, okay, there's your parts. Let's go and we record them and hopefully then stitch the whole piece together. Yes, so strange. So it is. Everything changed in our world. I felt nervous. If Harris. Everything changed. Well, it's a pity that we weren't able to see the final performance just yet as part of this year's festival. But Frank, it's really great to hear snippets there of the rehearsals. And it's, I think it's really whetted our appetite for the final performance when it does come, when we're all able to, to get together a bit. And maybe even in front of an audience, fingers crossed, it's not too far away. Exactly. Yep. Yep. That's that. Everybody has that in their sights. Definitely. Well, Frank, it's been great talking to you. Uh, thanks a million and all the best. Thanks, Lorgan. Great to speak to you. Stay safe.